What if? Don't do it, Dion. What if? Don't do it, think, Dion. What if Manchester United decided this summer that our next manager is going to be Marcelo Bielsa? We, they are going to go for him. And said, Ole, you've taken this club as far as you can. FA Cup semi-final. We fired Louis van Gaal for winning the FA Cup. You've got no chance. And here is Bielsa. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Ole Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. It's a football spin on a Sunday evening after a big weekend of FA Cup action. And we now know who the FA Cup will be contested between in August. It'll be Arsenal against Chelsea. I'm joined by, as ever, Dion Fanning and Noradine Chowdhury, who have been feasting on the FA Cup and the couple of Premier League games. We'll get to those a little bit later on. But let's start with the FA Cup. And Naz, the sign of a very confident manager is when he's prepared to leave some of his best players on the bench. And that's what that's what Ole Gunnar did today, leaving Martial in incredible form, Paul Pogba, the reborn Paul Pogba, and you know the the young gun, the the bright star of the Premier League, Mason Greenwood on the bench. But now it it didn't work out. It didn't work out for Ole. Uh, no, it didn't. Um, it's a strange one because because the, the the sort of caveat to all of this is how tired the players were and and what teams what team he could put out in terms of that. But um, I I just didn't get it. Like I just didn't get it. I just didn't get the. I didn't get the. Not only did I not get the lineup, but I didn't get the tactics, because to me, to me, it seemed as if he'd gone back in time, um, harked back to a previous win against or a previous good performance against Chelsea, and and sort of gone with that, um, both in terms of most of the players and and, and most importantly the tactics. Now, one thing that has happened since then is that United have evolved. They're a different team now. So, and they're a more offensive team. They're, they're a team that are more comfortable in possession, um, a more dominant team and, and, and far more exciting going forward. So, so, so in, in, essentially in terms of, in terms of any performance, performances that they've had where the defense looks strong, that's mainly because they've got the opposition on the back foot. And 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 in, and in in a lot of ways that protects your defense because they are they are prone to less uh, mistakes and, and and sort of uh, getting things wrong because you you're on the front foot and teams are afraid to attack you or or afraid to come forward. Now he 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 totally went against that. And if if you remember with the with the Crystal Palace game, even though United won, I I still had my doubts. It, it was. I looked at that game as a test to see uh, how United would um, would react after faltering after this amazing run and to prove they're not a confidence team. But, I mean, that didn't convince me. And if if anything, th- th- this this just underlined the point where, really, you could argue that Solskjaer bottled it. I know there was, I know there was bad performances on the pitch, which we'll go into later, but really... Um, he 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 completely gave uh, Chelsea the incentive to go forward and to control the game, which they did. And this idea that 
this idea that you you save players for the Premier League or for important games coming up because you want to finish in the top four, it's so so counter counterproductive to think like that. And again, the caveat is who's injured, who's unfit, who's who needs a rest. But now you've got a situation. Uh, Chelsea Chelsea didn't really um, uh, bench anyone who 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 would, who would who would be first choice. United did. But now United go into the next few games with a lot of doubt, a lot of um, of a microscope on the goalkeeper and the defense, and and no and 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 uh, a seriously damaged confidence. Whereas Chelsea, uh, their confidence is renewed, and they and, and and their next game is is against Liverpool, and they can go into that into that game with with complete confidence. Things are, things are working really well, so it can be so so counterproductive and. It's not as simple as thinking, oh, we'll just rest, rest the players, and, and if we lose, that's fine because the players will, the players will be rested. Being being rested is one thing. That confidence is worth so much more. That momentum is worth so much more. When you say you had doubts, Nas, uh, after the Palace game, doubts about who or what? It was it was about how because because essentially what I was what I was really looking for in that game was can United bounce back because they obviously. The the Southampton game was so important for for cementing that top four place, and they failed. They they didn't lose, but they failed in their in their sort of mission to sort of um, um, really take advantage of that of that top four four situation. And it was it was always a case of um, will United now show that they have got a robust mentally and and in in every way are they robust enough to to come straight back back to form and and show what they're about. And that game against Palace. They they had none of the bravado, none of the confidence, and it and it, it almost felt as if they were a little, they were a little bit broken, and they did enough to win, which is a a quality in itself. But I mean, it, it was lucky, and and certainly uh, Palace had had the chances to to bring it back. So I don't, I, although they managed to sort of just stumble through that game, I don't think it proved that United um, are able to brush brush off uh, losses. And that's what concerns me about this now, because, because again, a very an even more troubling sort of uh, performance in terms of their form and, and and serious question marks about various players, and I I've got less confidence that they can bounce back from this because they seem like such a confidence team. But like the the, the thing, I don't agree with uh, uh, some of that. But the thing that strikes me, um, most of all, is that United have like two games which, uh. Like they could leave out, like Daniel James could start in both the next two games, and Mason Greenwood could be on the bench, and Manchester United would still win because they're playing West Ham and Leicester, and neither of those, you know, West Ham, you know, they may have beaten Watford, um, but Leicester are falling apart, and it's uh, those are games that they're going to win, and I think winning those games does matter more to Manchester United than reaching the FA Cup final or winning the FA Cup. And I know what you're saying about confidence, and that's fine. Now, having said that, maybe there's, you look at playing West Ham on Wednesday. Now, I know they had a game on, you know, they did have a game on Thursday, uh, and they probably, Solskjaer probably did feel he could rest, had to rest players. Because if if player if he plays Greenwood or Pogba um, or Martial and they get injured, um, then... You you might start thinking, oh, but the West Ham game is is a bit trickier. It isn't. Uh, West Ham are, are safe now. That game isn't going to be something. You know, that game is something that 
should be easy for any Manchester United team to win. Um, but uh, I think there is there are advantages to Manchester United in not being in it, not not in the losing a kind of a big game like this and demonstrating that when you take away those players, um, you know Manchester United aren't good enough. Manchester United need more. They need they need a a, a squad that allows Solskjaer to develop the, the team along the style that, that Nas is talking about, that you actually, because like the other, the, the Solskjaer Mark 1 team, if you like, um, was this counter-attacking team. And um, it has evolved because of Fernandez and and especially because of the front three of, of Martial, Rashford and uh, Greenwood. Um, but I don't. Uh, I think he could have. I think he could have played those players today, um, because the ch- the top four. You know, you could you could feel that he, you know you will beat West Ham. You will uh, have enough players to beat West Ham. But the problem is, if you got an injury today that actually ruled players out for the rest of the season, which might be a, a fear after so many games, that's the problem. But I don't think this is a bad day for Manchester United. Your logic is that United desperately needed a wake-up call before the summer or before the transfer window. Well, I don't think it does them any harm. It's the FA Cup. Um, like, we're, I, I would say that uh, the, the, the only thing that is likely to make the FA Cup relevant now is, I think actually this season, this weekend, the FA Cup seemed relevant because we've watched so many football matches recently that uh, have very have very little riding on them. So suddenly the FA Cup, with some kind of prize at stake, and even if it is just the FA Cup, uh, it, um, it 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 kind of gave it it, <laughs> it brought the magic of the cup back. Um, and you know that is a pretty impossible thing to do. But ultimately, the FA Cup won't like won't be remembered as uh, it isn't important manchester united sacked louis van hal you know a couple of days after he won the fa cup that's how important it is to manchester united right now so i don't think it matters to them um and i think there are bigger things that bigger things to say if you go and win the fa cup with with the squad having left those players out then maybe ed woodward or whoever says oh look we've got a good squad we just won the fa cup with these players Whereas what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to be doing and what has, needs to be happening at Manchester United is saying we need we need a lot more. I mean, I I, I agree with you to a certain extent because it, because even like when um when Greenwood was on that when that was on that specula- spectacular sort of run of form, so like the, the the media was even and and this was obviously sort of um leaked to them or or they were briefed like 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 a lot of a lot of uh, the media were saying. Oh, now this this puts less pressure on United having to spend big money on uh, Sancho because they've got Greenwood, so that puts them in a better bargaining position. So I get that, but I I think okay, it might not matter that much to to United, but it, I think it matters to Solskjaer. I think I think if you look at Solskjaer and you, and you look at Lampard, I think winning that first trophy, winning the FA Cup for either of them is it, huge, it, it, and it it gives both them creed like credibility. And it gives their their team's confidence to win other things. Yeah, and possibly. Although I don't think it ever really works out like that. This idea of you know winning something then opens the uh, floodgates for teams to win other competitions. I don't know if it really. I think winning 
the Champions League or winning the league does because why you're, the reason you're winning those competitions is because you're probably a good team in the first place. But I don't think winning the League Cup or winning the FA Cup really does that, except uh, in some kind of old-fashioned view of, of how football works. I don't think that it matters as much anymore. Um, so, do, do, do you think there's a concern about United being a form team, confidence team? Well, in, I don't think it's, no. I don't think it's a sense. Of, I think they're still got great weaknesses. That's the problem, and they've got they're they're built around uh, attacking players um, who also rely a little bit. Like you look at what happened with the Southampton game. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, it is funny how they are still reverting a little bit to that to that type, which again happened today. Now it happened against Southampton when the pressure was on. I don't think it's so much a form thing, team as I think there are still fundamental flaws um, in in the Manchester United setup. And I think again, if you're talking about improving, here's a here's 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 a question for you, Nas. You're talking about improving, and you're saying you still have doubts, and you're saying strengthen the squad, but still this manager who has done really nothing in football is a manager who's been allowed because of a run of form uh at at, at a kind of at a at a at a point in a season which is as we've talked about before is a kind of you know there are, these are circumstances which, which hopefully we'll never will never see again but it's very hard to judge them as uh, in a broader context but this manager has now been seen as safe and protected and you say well you know Manchester United need new players, they need a new goalkeeper, they need a new centre-back, they need whatever they need, and yet them, it's, you know, this is the manager to do it. This is Why is this the manager to do it? Look, here's something to consider, and we've talked about him a lot this weekend, and we saw Leeds being uh, clapped out at, by giving the guard of honour <laughs> at Derby County yeah. uh, this afternoon, and this, what, why don't Manchester United, and we, we suggested to, to uh, Rob Mulholland yesterday <laughs> that maybe Marcello Bielsa might not be at Leeds United next season. What if, don't do it, Dion. What if, don't do it, think, Dion. What if Manchester United decided this summer that our next manager is going to be Marcello Bielsa? We, they were going to go for him. and said, Ole, you've taken this club as far as you can, FA Cup semi-final. We fired Louis van Gaal for winning the FA Cup. You've got no chance. And here is Bielsa. <laughs> and it would be... And surely yeah. every Manchester United fan would applaud this. The yeah. greatest coup, uh, the greatest... <laughs> imagine, not since the day that, uh, that Howard Wilkinson rang up Alex Ferguson to ask him if he might be able to buy Dennis Irwin and somehow ended the phone call having sold America Cantona... <laughs> Not since that day would there be a more amazing act of shithousery than making Marcelo Bielsa the new Manchester United manager. And we've seen how he can... If you're talking about being tactically limited, you've seen the limitations of Solskjaer against Lampard today, and you see a manager who is able to outwit... Like, outwitting Lampard, I don't think that's the benchmark you want to be working on necessarily, but he's able to do it. And... It seems like just the, the solution for Manchester United. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how to respond to that. Only, the only thing I'd say 
What was Rob's what was Rob's quote? Wash your mouth out <laughs> when, <laughs> when Dion suggested that Beyonce might leave Cole. Well, well well this is the thing, like 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 that is I I I don't know if this is if you've done this on purpose, Dion, but but you've managed to sort of piss off about about sort of two massive clubs, two massive sort of uh support bases. I think I think that's inc- that's an incredible shout purely for that. Um it would I I, I, don't, I mean the thing the thing is like Bielsa like if you're if you're looking at now in terms of who is the better manager Bielsa or Solskjaer I mean what one of them's got a CV and the other one hasn't I mean I mean that's that's the bottom line on that however um the thing about Solskjaer and about sort of having trust in him is a it's happening anyway so it's 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 a, it's a reality and second of all United have tried people with CVs. United have tried sort of uh, people with uh, track records, and it's not worked. It's ended terribly. So it's almost a case of um, let's get the, let's let's trust in this person. Let, let let's give him a bit of time. And and overall, I mean, I still think there has been uh, progress. I mean, pure more than anything else, United are bearable to watch. Which which wasn't the case under Van Hal or or uh, Mourinho and, and and I accept I accept the point that you'll probably make is that is that is that Bielsa's team teams play beautiful football but yeah. no I'm just saying if you're going to be relentlessly if you're going to be rent, relentlessly pursuing excellence then surely everyone is part of that conversation it doesn't just begin and end with the squad and uh, like nobody. Nobody really. Everybody hopes it's working, going to work out for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Not everybody, but like there is this sense of yeah, let's hope it works out for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and you know, it's, he's you know the you know nineteen ninety nine and all that stuff, and like he's a good man. They always always got a smile on his face. The BBC commentator said they, uh, um, which I was news to me. Like I didn't know that, but I kind of feel sometimes they're talking to. They kind of think that people who are watching football on the BBC live football. I've never seen football before. <laughs> so they're like, there he is, this, uh, the baby-faced assassin. Um, you, will, you will remember him from goals against Bayern Munich and Liverpool in 1999. Always got a smile on his face. Um, but anyway, I think people want it to work out for him. But at the same time, deep down, deep down, everybody knows He's not a great. He's not cut out to be. He's not Klopp. He's not Guardiola. He's not. Uh, he's not Bielsa. <laughs> Nas, um, to move the conversation on a little bit, and and let's be let's be honest. Now, the entire rest of the show will be in the with the context of Marcelo Bielsa as the manager, potential manager for Manchester United. So, with that in mind, would Marcelo Bielsa have at this stage dropped David de Gea because he came out again? He's had a lot of dodgy days in gold since lockdown um, against uh, Watford, against Spurs, where Roy Keane lost his mind. And um, again today, like on two occasions, I, I can't remember who said an inform David De Gea would have saved all of those. I think it might have been Phil Neville. But definitely two of them uh, were very savable and one in particular was a total howler. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because De Gea, this is, today is... It's probably the the most uh, obvious example and the most high high profile example, but he's not he's not the player he was. 
which at one point was the best player goalkeeper in the world. Mm. Um, he was. I mean, there was there was there was one point where it was probably Neuer and him who were, who were who were sort of accepted as the two best goalkeepers in the world. And even before Neuer got injured with with, with a relatively long term injury, like uh, he'd started to make a few mistakes. He'd started to come out when he shouldn't and uh, made a few gaps. And at that point, like I genuinely believe De Gea was the best goalkeeper in the world. But um, that it's for some reason it's all gone to shit since then. Well, what, well, it's what, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Neuer and him because they to me seem like goalkeepers from a bygone era now. Like the the, the goalkeeping's changed an awful lot in five years, and both Neuer and De Gea aren't very good with their feet. That's not something they can do. They they're not so good at playing out from the back. Um, I, I've I've got an image in my head of David De Gea trying to do a Cruyff turn. Um, in some game and sort of falling over his feet. And that's, he's always been really good at shot stopping, which in recent times he hasn't been very good at. And that's the thing that catches the eye. And now you have all these goalkeepers like, you know, Ederson obviously is the, the obvious one, but even Jordan Pickford, who are very good with the football at their feet and play that new role. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can say that, but still, if, if, if De Gea was, was the De Gea that, that he once was, that, that would be a moot point, I think. I think ideally you, you do want play, um, goalkeepers who can play it out more, um, but but like De Gea was incredible. Like like uh, I can't stress it enough. Like he was the best goalkeeper in the world. Like there was there's yeah. times where where United w- were talked about be as being a one man team, and that 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 man was a goalkeeper. Um, I don't know how many times he won Player of the Year um, at United, but it was it was it was like maybe maybe two or three seasons in a row, and and that was damning in itself. If the goalkeeper continues to be your best player, but like he was in, and 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 let's not pretend that he's Shea Given. He he was he didn't have his didn't have his feet nailed to the sort of goal line. He did he did he he was able to come out. He 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 was okay with he was good enough with his feet. But it's on on Twitter earlier, somebody somebody sort of asked me, uh, is he the Taibi of this generation? And and he and he's evidently not, but I'm I made the I made the comparison to Fernando Torres and like mm. I think a lot of people assumed that that was just a flippant joke, just picking a name out of the air. But there's there's a level of sort of there's a level of me completely believing that because uh, another player who who was genuinely world class, like one of the best in the world without a doubt, and. Not through sort of like, not like a, like a major injury or anything, not through sort of age, but for some reason just lost it, and and it's it's totally because because you get players like Falcao, like like he was world class, but then he had a major injury and that completely yeah. affected him. But but Torres for some reason just lost it, like in in his prime, and it seems like the same things happened to De Gea, and it's hard to fathom why. I mean. If you if you had to pinpoint one moment, um, he 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 was still he was still world class and amazing up to the twenty seventeen eighteen season, and then he he didn't have the greatest World Cup. And if you remember, um, Ronaldo scored that yeah. goal where he made a massive fumble for Spain, and 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 I don't know, maybe Ronaldo in some way broke him. But like from that point, he's not been the same goalkeeper. And the thing is, the reason why today is a microcosm of his. His sort of the last sort of two years, eighteen months, is because he 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 today as well as his his mistakes, he he pulled off a couple of amazing saves. But the thing with being a world class goalkeeper is, or, or being a being a goalkeeper that's good enough, um, 
if you if you do if you perform howlers and then pull off world class saves, that is not as good as just being a basic goalkeeper who doesn't save the save save the goals he's not meant to save and saves the one he's saves the one he's meant to. Like like that's that's just it's it's not okay to be up and down. It's not okay to be to make a mistake and then make a make an absolute world class save that nobody else could make. That's not good enough. You just need to be a level. Well, maybe we might hear uh, from Mulligan or Solskjaer on that, Nod. Obviously, everyone has to perform, and every everyone has a chance every time we perform to uh, to stake a claim uh, in the team. David knows he uh, he should have saved a second goal, but that's uh, that's done now. We've uh, we've got to move on. We've got to you know, look forward to Wednesday. Um, you can see. Uh, it's it's hard for a keeper uh, to uh, make amends, uh, apart from David's making two or three fantastic saves after. But you see, you see Brandon, for example, the character he shows, but he plays a square pass into Mount. He he probably feels a bit uh, responsible, and the rest of the half, he was absolutely outstanding. The kid uh, has been out for a while, not played, out with a eye injury. And his uh, character and personality out there, he, he kept going, kept going. It's so much easier for outfield players. Uh, but David showed in the rest of the game, of course, he made a, a few good saves, and but he knows he could have saved that. Conventional enough defence of, of David De Gea from, from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, you know, making the point that it's much harder for goalkeepers. They don't get the opportunities to uh, make amends. But, uh, you know, you could argue that having been uh, not been blameless for Olivier Giroud's goal, uh, the chance for David, for David De Gea to make amends was when, was when Mason Mount, when Brandon Williams passed to Mason Mount and he took a shot from outside the box that was dribbling slowly along the ground towards him. Uh, this was a chance to say, look, I can still do the simple things. Uh, and instead, uh, he went down like a sheet of lino, and um, uh, and th- this is the problem. He was like every time. It isn't a question of one-off errors. These are like they are like aberrations. Like this is this is the point, and like this is uh, this is a, like and and Solskjaer in, in, in I don't know if it was in that press conference or something after the game. He did say a hundred. A hundred times out of a hundred, uh, De Gea should save that, um, and that's it. Like it's these, these are mistakes at a, at another level, and that's why Naza's. I think that comparison with Torres is is so apt because, like Torres, De Gea seems to have been transformed. It, it just seems to have been kind of rendered mortal, like. From like these, from being this these the, the, the god a kind of goalkeeping god like some sort of uh, figure you would just never you would never really have experienced in your life. And I remember Torres when he was at his peak at Liverpool. It w- it was something similar. It was uh, it was you know, he had he just had this sense of invincibility um, that seems so startling and and. Uh, magical, like it was this magical thing, and David and uh, De Gea has had this too, and then they become, they do become like those, you know, those scenes, like like in scenes in Superman, 
when he loses his powers and he's looking and he can't, doesn't know what to do. And this is, uh, it is such a, such a profound loss of what they have that it can't be anything. But I don't know how you come out of it, really. I don't know how you come out of it because um, it, it, it must be, it must just prey on your mind all the time, figuring out or trying to wonder what has happened to the gifts I used to possess. Um, and that is the thing now with, with De Gea that is, uh, it isn't a, it isn't a question that he, he isn't get anyway he makes some good saves and it, you know, there is a there is a harshness about being a goalkeeper because your mistakes are you know are, are exposed but that's the whole point that's the whole point of being a goalkeeper that's just it that that's the game like that's the deal you can't complain about you the, the rules are different for being a goalkeeper than being for being another player because that's what a goalkeeper signs up to he knows that um but it's uh it's just it's 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 he he has entered that territory now where it's it, again like Torres it's not a loss of form it's not it's something more profound it's like something some some spirit has been taken from him before we leave united just to say as well obviously heading into the the week coming yes they can they will probably beat west ham who are safe now Credit where credit's due, and that will be a win for United, three points there. But interestingly, that will leave, based on goal difference, because United have the same goal difference as it stands with Leicester, and Leicester have more more goals scored. So if United win 1-0 against West Ham, for example, then going into the game next week against Leicester, Leicester, all they need to do is beat United. It'll be a shootout. I know there's still ifs and buts, and if United win 4-0, that won't be the case. But Leicester still probably will have the opportunity next Sunday to win and take fourth place. So it's not a done deal uh, completely yet and it uh, remains to be seen exactly how it will pan out for Solskjaer. Just based on what Nas was saying there about confidence and bringing that confidence into two the final two games of the season. Okay, let's move on because there's still lots to go. And if David De Gea is looking for a redemption story, well, look no further than the other FA Cup semi-final this weekend, the performance Man mountain performance at the centre of a three-man backline for Arsenal of David Luiz. Arsenal and David Luiz making the FA Cup great. Arsenal making the FA Cup great. Will we hear first of all from David Luiz? I think that's probably a good place to start because he gave a stirring post-match interview where he described very well what he's been going through over the last couple of weeks. And what a different story to the Premier League game against Manchester City just after the restart, where there was a lot of criticism of Arsenal's spirit, a lot of criticism of the defending. You've turned it round tonight. A lot of criticism on me, no? You can say that. And you as well, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I think it's part of the the, the football. Uh, I understood during my career, football is about survive. So every day you're going to defend your team. And the other people, they're going to support the different teams. So it's about survive. So was what I, what I, I did. I think uh, I was working hard every single day after my mistakes. I took the blame. I was mature enough to understand that. And I was also humble to work more and to work more for the team. Now, sometimes footballers use words like humble and maturity and they don't really mean anything but when David Luiz says it I really believe him like I, I do see him having uh, listened and heard from there as someone that uh, has real humility and also maturity as well to recognise um, the things that he's recognised in that interview 
Yeah, completely. I mean, it was it was a in a lot of ways it was a it was an extraordinary sort of interview because um, usually you've got the you've got the interviewer trying to probe and get some sort of reaction and the interviewee sort of uh, um, straight back in it and and just coming out with um, uh, sort of straightforward uh, quotes that can't be taken in any controversial way whatsoever. But in this, the reporter was trying to be. Uh, quite diplomatic and sort of like talking about the defense in general and arsenal in general and it, and it was it was extraordinary for uh david louise to say like well you mean me don't you and like that that does show a lot of fronting up like like th- this and again like to go back to de Gea, de Gea quickly like he the thing that solskjaer said about sort of uh Hundred times out of hundreds he saves those and and sort of being very sort of uh supportive of him and saying it's hard because goalkeepers can't come back from, from from things as easily i think de gea gets a gets a bit of an easy deal out of it because you get players like pogba who get so much grief for, for for not performing or getting things wrong david louise gets loads he gets the he gets the piss ripped out of him every single game like like he he's possibly out of forget sort of vitriol and anger in terms of hilarity and mocking he's possibly the most mocked player in in the premier league Especially because he's high profile and he plays for a team like Arsenal. Now, De Gea is De Gea is the is the is the best paid player in the whole league, and 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 that's why he's front up. But going back to David David Luiz, it shows it shows incredible maturity. It shows incredible guts uh, and steeliness to put the focus back onto him and make the point. Like I know you're talking about me. I'm going to say it. And this is what I've done about it. And maybe, like, as much as we questioned why why Arteta was giving him this contract extension and wondering whether, oh, is it his agent? Is it, have other people sort of um, put this deal in front of uh, David Luiz and, and Arteta just has to deal with it? Maybe, um, maybe Arteta knows this about the player and respects this about the player and wants the player to be an example to others. Like, if if, if there's a major criticism about Arsenal over over years it's that they they're amazing they're they're incredibly talented but they perhaps don't don't have the bottle or don't have the resilience to to deal with things when they when when things don't go quite right um david louise here is is showing and and he showed it in his his, his performance that he he got knocked down I, I, I've got to avoid sounding too chumbawamba-ish here but like he got knocked down and and he was and he and he was straight back up and and he and he was great he was and and, and there was there was suddenly instead of there being all these memes about him being a fucking cartoon character from the simpsons and sort of stepping on rakes or being a clown suddenly there was the memes were sort of of people wiping the glasses and 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 and, and seeing Bereza in in David Luiz and, mm-hmm. and and I think that's great. That's the true magic of the FA Cup, Dion, where they can that can transform David Luiz into Franco Baresi. That's what it can you do, do. You do. We do podcasts. Uh, we do shows every five nights a week, and there is a danger of of you know you feel like you've got to have an opinion on everything. So I'm just going to use my opinion on Manchester United and the FA Cup, and just use it again for this. This is bad for Arsenal. Uh, it's bad for Arsenal that somehow, somehow David Luiz, his 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 lifespan as a just this just postpones the inevitable. 
This just guarantees more misery for Arsenal fans when David Luiz does it again. Um, and, you know, because of this performance in the FA Cup semi-final, in an empty Wembley, why are these games being played at Wembley when there's nobody there? Why are they, why are they pumping out? They couldn't have to cut, they had to stop interviewing uh, Giroud today because they were playing music. Uh, the music was too loud in the stadium. Who was the music for? What are they doing this for? Like, it's, uh, this, this is no place. Do not make, uh, this is honestly like, you know, being in, having, you know, making sort of marrying somebody in a nightclub after being on the, drinking for three days. You know, the shut lockdown football is not the time to be making long-term decisions. You know, this is not, this is not, this is not the time or the place for it. Just get through it, enjoy it, but don't, don't plan anything off the back of it. And the idea now that somehow uh, Luis has, you know, that was a fantastic interview uh, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he made the most of it, but that's it. And this ultimately, uh, Arteta wants, and there were lots of things for Arsenal to be encouraged by, and the goal, uh, the way they um, broke from the back and, you know, dealt with uh, City's pressing and, and, Knocked it around for the Aubameyang goal was uh, knocked it through them for the Aubameyang goal was wonderful, but Arteta needs the same things that Solskjaer needs, and he doesn't need the distraction of being told, "Well, you've just gone and won the FA Cup, or you reached the FA Cup final, uh, so you look like you're you're all set." Um, so this is again, this is my same opinion for Manchester United reworked for Arsenal. I, I, I love the way essentially what you're saying is is. Getting David, getting David Luiz on a new contract in 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 this period of uh, lockdown football is the equivalent of getting married in Las Vegas with with Elvis ordaining the marriage. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, it may it might work out, it might not, but like, don't pretend that uh, a lot of thought and and planning has gone into it. Um. We're almost done. We've had nearly 40 minutes of FA Cup, which is remarkable. So we should talk a little bit about Premier League as well this weekend. Um, they didn't kick a ball today, but today is certainly Aston Villa's best day since lockdown because, of course, first of all, Bournemouth were hammered by Spurs, one of the rivals for one of those two spots, three teams and two spots up for grabs for relegation. And then Watford. Watford <laughs> sacked Nigel Pearson, which is just bonkers it doesn't make any sense they have two games left and they're the team that are ahead of Bournemouth and Villa um it is it's uh well like it is that standard thing when when especially it's always Watford when Watford uh dismiss another manager it's you know this is crazy and this is ridiculous and uh they kind of they they sort of function in a, in a different way uh they encourage the churn um but this does seem to be um, a pretty, pretty strange situation. Uh, supposedly, a row between uh, Nigel Pearson and Gino Pozzo, the owner, um, after the defeat to West Ham, which was Watford were uh, pretty terrible in that. Um, but you know, Pearson has done a, has done a good job, um, and it isn't a case like these are. It's it's just these are two key games. Um, and it's it's seems like a kind of a, a real. It's just like let's make things. Well, it's kind of good. It's like let's make things more interesting. Let's make let's just make it a let's see now. 
you've been playing things on, well, you're, you know, you're Watford, you're not playing things on easy mode. But if you think you've been playing things on easy mode, uh, we'll just make it a little bit more interesting now and uh, get rid of our manager with two matches to go. I do think, however, I, I, I find it very hard to think anything other than though than that moment when Aston Villa let Theo Walcott score with a header, uh, that um, that was the moment. Um, up until then, they could have some... If they were on 33 points now, uh, they would feel, right, okay, this is, we can capitalise on this. But I think that was the moment, and I still think Watford will be all right. You say that, but Villa have Arsenal at home, who potentially will be distracted by... Um, that appearance in the FA Cup. And then they have um, now safe, credit where credit's due, West Ham on the final day of the season away to West Ham, which you'd imagine they're both winnable. I know when you're a relegation team, relegation form, that they're going to be big, big games. Bournemouth look doomed and Watford have two games remaining as well. Home to City and then away to Arsenal. Yeah, but they've got Arsenal too. Yeah, no, they they might lose. They might lose. They could lose both of them, um, uh, but nobody knows. I just, I just, I do feel uh, like I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Like that's the bottom line. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have an opinion on what's going to happen in the in the next couple of matches. Except uh, I'm going to stick, as I said, you know, I'm going to just feel I'm going to ration out my opinions a bit more now. And uh, <laughs> Theo Walcott's, Walcott's header. That's that's it. That's oh, it for me on Villa. Until they, until, they, until things change. I, I, no. I, I love the way that when it comes to the end of the season, suddenly Evan, uh, suddenly Dion becomes far more coy about his opinions and and quite and quite prissy <laughs> about what he's going to sort of uh, entertain. I've got nothing to say about that team. <laughs> Move on. They they conceded a header against Walcott. They don't exist for me anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm boring myself. I just, I, I just think that uh, the only, the only feasible reason I could see that Watford got rid of uh, Pearson is because Pearson demanded it, like sack me now. Like, is it, isn't, isn't the, isn't is before today, before this year, like Pearson has never been relegated, and that's the only record that I can see that has been protected by this sacking that he will still not be relegated. I, re- I reckon he went in. Wearing his gilet and those big muscular arms, <laughs> like oh, you, no. you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna sack me out, yeah? Are we? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I truly thought you were going to say there. The only reason that they could sack Nigel Pearson is because he got too buff during the lockdown. Well, that, that, but, uh... that's, that's, that could possibly be the reason as well. As well, it's, uh, it's distracting. <sighs> All right. Okay. Um, we'll leave it there, lads. Thanks very much for all of that. And uh, we will be back again several times this week as the as the Premier League. Oh, this is a running, a sort of a kind of an amble trip, stumble along over the next coming days. There's a few things up for grabs. There's the relegation, obviously. Like one of those long walks your parents took you on when you yeah. were a kid. And you're like, when is this, when? How much longer? Uh, we there said, yet? There, said there was going to be a sweet shop here. It's, it, it, oh yeah, that's that's closed. We got closed. I think I think now we're at the stage where your mum's met somebody she knows at one of the shops, <laughs> and you're just stood next to her while she's talking forever. Yeah, you're pulling her hands like, "Come on, take me home. Come on." <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
that's us see you Dion see you Naz and uh, if you haven't already done so click subscribe to get these shows into your feed we'll see you back here tomorrow good luck I think it would lift the spirits of the nation I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow bro it's people's lives are at risk Ole Gunnar where would you like the statue <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace I refuse to answer that question we'll take that as a yes then take it whatever you want I don't understand that politics coronavirus why me i wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave